Through about a week of Chicago Bears training camp, we're learning a lot about this year's rookie class, where they're making good progress, and where they still have some developing to do. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. Still going to keep calling it Twitter until they make me call it X. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you can take your everyday Chicago Bears, Locked On Bears analysis to the next step with a new thing we've got for Locked On Bears listeners. You can join what's called our subtext group. Subtext is a text service that allows you to become a part of the Locked On Bears podcast. Really, it gives you access to me, to text me, to text as a part of this community here. Well, you'll get exclusive access to all 22 film, to extra data charting analysis, uh, film breakdowns that I put together, uh, the research that goes into this podcast, we'll do exclusive Q&As for the subtext group. It is $4.99 a month. You go to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnBears for access to this exclusive content. It's not getting posted on YouTube. It's not going on social media. It's not going anywhere. But for anybody who joins the subtext group, again, the URL is joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnBears. On the show today, we break down the Chicago Bears rookies, what we've learned about them so far at Bears training camp. We'll start with Darnell Wright, who came in in great shape, and we'll document ex- exactly how great his shape was, but also some ups and downs early in training camp practices, and some of that's expected and some of it maybe not. We'll also check in on Tyreek Stevenson, who was the presumed starter at cornerback, but all of a sudden, maybe the fifth-round cornerback, Terrell Smith, in the mix there in a competition for that starting job. And then we'll wrap up with the wide receiver, Tyler Scott, making some strong early impressions on offensive coordinator, Luke Getze and special teams coordinator, Richard Hightower as well, boding well for his flexibility on this roster and his ability to have a role in his rookie season. But let's start with Darnell Wright as the 10th overall pick, the first round pick, the, the prized jewel of this draft class, your week one starting right tackle. Ryan Poles has been thoroughly impressed with the way Darnell Wright has handled this offseason, the way he's come into training camp, ready to roll, and really doing everything the Bears have asked of him throughout the offseason. Ryan, with, right. with Darnell Wright in this next six-week period as he kind of gets ready for his first season, what, what are the things you zero in on yeah. to, to measure progress, I guess, with him at this stage? Yeah, it's just, um, you know, there's a technical piece um, in terms of just a little details to improve. There's different habits, you know, that you, you have in college that you got to clean up that aren't going to work as well in, in the league. Uh, and then the mental part of it, too. There's a mental toughness part, like in terms of those hard days, tough opponents that you want to make sure that you're locked in and, and loaded um, for that. And then I know, obviously, just knowing your assignments and playing fast. Usually it starts a little bit slow. 
in terms of executing at a high speed. And as you get more comfortable, you can play faster. So that's what we look for. Um, and I do want to give that kid credit. Like this offseason, he busted his butt. He is down. He lost weight. He lost body fat. He absolutely crushed the conditioning test, like didn't break a sweat. Um, so he's, he's focused. He cares. He wants to be really good. As you may have heard by now, uh, Darnell Wright himself said he spent the offseason preparing for the training camp conditioning test and arrived to find out that the, the test he had been preparing for was for the test they give wide receivers, not the test they give offensive linemen. So that's why Ryan Pohl said Wright really crushed the conditioning test because he was ready for a much, much more vigorous and strenuous conditioning test than the one he actually needed to take. But I think he said he lost about 16 pounds this offseason and, and tends to be in great shape. But as Brian Poles pointed to as well, right, technique and habits as an offensive lineman need to be improved for Darnell Wright. We've seen already at training camp practices, albeit without pads, and that's that's a really important caveat here, but without pads, there's still been times when, you know, he gets beat. And, of course, every offensive lineman is going to get beat. And some of those drills are a little bit more designed for pass rusher success in one-on-one than, than the blocking. But still, we knew coming out of Tennessee that Darnell Wright had certain habits, certain, I guess, incorrect or lack of proper technique that in college he could get away with because he was bigger, longer, faster, stronger than so many of the players he was going against on a snap-by-snap basis. In the NFL, everybody's big, everybody's fast, everybody's long, everybody's strong, and you can't just be the better athlete and win that way. You need to be a great athlete with great technique in order to be consistent, and that, that's going to be you know stopping so much of the, the bending at the waist and lunging from that position, keeping more balance over his feet, kind of sinking back in and being able to really use his power and his core to its full advantage instead of just relying on sort of the length and the shoulders and the lean there to, to be able to corral pass rushers. So that's going to be a work in progress for Darnell Wright. Some struggles should be expected along the way. I don't think that's all going to be just shored up by week one either. I think throughout this season, we should see some ups and downs from Wright. I think especially when he plays some of the premier pass rushers on the schedule, like a uh, Joey Bosa from the, the San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. I get Nick and Joey mixed up, but Joey is the Chargers one, right? And then uh, Miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns and a few other top pass rushers that are going to go up against that right tackle spot. Wright's going to be challenged and probably miss and blow some assignments and make some bad plays here and there. But he's a, he's a work in progress. He's going to make some great plays as well and continue to kind of grow. We're not setting the expectations high for year one, but really you're drafting him to be a 5-10 year right tackle, not just a good year one right tackle. It starts with making the mistakes now in training camp so you can learn from them and improve from them by the time you get to week one to start to correct those things and continue to get better. So certainly no time, no reason to sound the alarm or panic. And certainly in terms of the work ethic and the mentality, he's doing everything the Chicago Bears want him to. So full speed ahead then for Darnell Wright. We have had a little bit more of a surprise at the cornerback spot, but we're getting mixed messages from the Chicago Bears coaching staff about how seriously or how much we should read into the rotation at cornerback at training camp right now with Tyreek Stevenson, the second round pick, and Terrell Smith, the fifth round pick. We'll look at that dynamic and hear kind of both sides from two different prominent members of this coaching staff next on Locked on Bears. 
The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our partners at eBay Motors. eBay Motors is teaming up with Locked On fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long, especially now as we're prepping for fantasy football drafts. We're going to be providing you with players that are guaranteed to fit your roster all season long. So with that draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny Iyer picked out for this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. If you're looking to park an elite running back in your fantasy football garage after the top half dozen or so options at the position get taken, you can still find a sleek ride in Tony Pollard, now the unquestioned featured back in the Dallas Cowboys offense after a breakout 2022 season. Without Zeke Elliott, Pollard's speed and acceleration will allow him to dominate key touches in a strong Cowboys rushing attack. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is here to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same thing is true for your vehicle. With eBay's guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. We're talking brakes, batteries, air filters, taillights, alternator shocks, struts, you name it eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay guaranteed fit, your vehicle is calling for just a click away and an easy fix all online. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When training camp started, we had the idea and the perception here was that Tyreek Stevenson was going to be your outside starting cornerback, and it was mostly set with Jalen Johnson and Stevenson on the outside, Kyler Gordon locked in on the slot. So far, Jalen Johnson, cornerback one, good to go. So far, Kyler Gordon locked in the slot, good to go. But the Bears seem to be trying to create and harness some sort of competition at that other cornerback spot. And we thought, okay, well, you know, Kendall Vildor was the starter last season. You'd think they'd make that a pretty open competition between the incumbent and the rookie second-round pick and may the best man win. But it kind of felt like through OTAs and minicamp that Stevenson had pretty well won out that spot. And yet we're at training camp now, and it's not just Vildor getting some first-team option in there, but it's the fifth-round pick, Terrell Smith. And so we've been asking the Bears coaching staff about this, and we've gotten kind of mixed answers, and I, it's still trying to figure out exactly what the, where the truth is or what exactly to believe. So let's start with what we heard first from defensive coordinator Alan Williams was asked about Terrell Smith getting some early run with the starters at training camp. But then we'll hear a conflicting answer afterward. You saw Terrell Smith in there over Tyreek Stevenson at times throughout the practice. Was that by design or what's kind of the approach? Yeah, don't, right now, don't read anything into who goes in first, second, or third. It's a, it's a, it's a rep plan, not a game plan. We're the... Uh, the lineups will change uh, daily. They'll they'll change by period. Uh, so I wouldn't read anything into that. That's just um, uh, maybe yesterday he went with the thirds. Today he went with the seconds. Uh, tomorrow maybe he'll go with the first. Uh, so nothing about that in terms of 
when they're in there and who they're working with. Nothing to see here, says Alan Williams. Don't read into it. Don't worry about it. Not a big deal. We're just getting guys opportunities, right? Like he said, you know, you only get so many snaps for so many players and trying to not overwork any one of them too much. You could have Stevenson do every first team rep, but they're trying to ramp guys up. So just get other guys in there so you don't have, you know, some guys working too much. You kind of want to balance things out. Makes sense. That's kind of where I thought things would be mostly settled there. And then moving forward, eventually it would kind of just be the, the Stevenson job. But then the next day, Matt Eberflus was asked about Terrell Smith and what he likes about him and kind of what he's seeing from him. And he indicated that it is a little more of an open competition. We've seen Terrell Smith get a lot of work with the ones. What have what you liked from what you've seen from him? Yeah, just solid. He's been really solid. He's learning the position. Um, he's, got, he's got a lot of good speed. You know, he's got a lot of good long speed to him. He's got good size. And, uh, and he's smart. You know, and he knows what to do and how to do it. So, uh, again, we're going to create competition at those spots. Uh, and that's certainly one of them that we're doing that. So it's uh, it's good to see him in there. He did a nice job today. So good to get a competition going. Good to get him in there. It's not Ibrahim saying directly like, yeah, that starting job is wide open and those two guys are, you know, 50-50 toss-up for it. But that seemed to be a little bit more of an acknowledgement than what we got just literally a day earlier from Alan Williams at his press conference. So kind of conflicting messaging there. I do think it's a good idea to not just hand a rookie second round pick that starting job, but do continue to put the pressure on and make him earn it and have those rotations. But then just be honest about, yeah, we're, we're getting some different looks in there because I think one of the key takeaways here is that even after Alan Williams comment, right? It's not like every single cornerback on the depth chart is getting first team reps, right? They're not giving first team reps to Greg Stroman Jr. and Michael Ojemudia at the very bottom of the depth chart, right? Terrell Smith rotating in the first string there to get those reps, like you said, but like not everybody's getting equal first team reps here as like just a true rotation there. There's clearly some sort of favoring there for Smith to be getting some of those looks there. We've also seen Stevenson has at times been going head to head with DJ Moore and DJ Moore has been getting the best of him. And that's how those guys get better and continue to be pushed. But it's, I don't know, it's just interesting the, the way that they seem to be handling that. And a good good for Smith to come in as a fifth-round pick. We've seen, you know, sometimes young cornerbacks, even though they're drafted a little bit later, can still really ascend quickly in the NFL. Smith, we heard from Abe Flus, kind of some of the main reasons why there with his physical tools. He's a, he was more of a press man cornerback in college, much like Stevenson. They come in as similar styles of cornerbacks in this league, and it's a question of, who can get up to speed more quickly, who can get more comfortable more quickly, and who can hang, hang in there with DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Chase Claypool better through the course of training camp. I still think odds are pretty good that your week one starting cornerback is still going to be Tyreek Stevenson. You know, if you're betting odds, you know, the second round pick versus the fifth round pick, who's more likely to start, it's probably the second round pick. But I also get the impression that Matt Eberflus is a guy who isn't going to just give you know, preferential treatment to the guy who was drafted earlier just because he was drafted earlier. I don't think it's a pure meritocracy as much as people like to pretend it is, but it is enough of a meritocracy there where like, yeah, if Terrell Smith is clearly better, he's going to be the guy that plays. Like it doesn't matter that much whether you're drafted in the fifth round or the second round. Like certainly the earlier drafted you are, the longer leash you're going to have, the more leeway, the more patience they're going to have. There is something to that. But in the training camp battle, it's going to be 
best man wins. And that could still be Kindle Vildor as well. Let's not totally count him out entering now his third season and trying to grow in this Bears defense, him getting more of a comfort level compared to two rookies that he might be competing with there. So it's all of a sudden become, I think, an even more interesting training camp battle to watch than maybe we would have first anticipated when it felt like that was going to be Tyreek Stevenson's job. I still think a week or two from now, maybe even less than a week from now, it'll probably be a lot more exclusively Tyreek Stevenson, but same time, I was just talking to a friend of the show, Brian Perez from bearstalk.com about this. Like last year at this time, Braxton Jones, a rookie fifth round pick, was starting to earn snaps with the starters. And it was like, oh, is that fifth round pick really going to be the starter or is he just getting some looks there? And, you know, by the end of training camp, he's your unquestioned starter at the left tackle spot. So never say never for a guy like Terrell Smith coming in and being the surprise of training camp and unseating the second round pick and looking like an absolute steal in the fifth round Still betting on Stevenson there, but it's fun to see what Smith is going to be able to do, and we'll keep tabs on that battle all throughout the rest of training camp. One other rookie I want to circle around to who's been standing out, the wide receiver, Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. We'll hear from offensive coordinator Luke Getze about how they're taking things slow and simple in order to try and promote Scott's success as soon as possible next on Locked on Bears. With no pads yet at training camp, first day of pads is supposed to be Wednesday here, August 2nd. You know, there's been a little bit of hype for Jervon Dexter as another rookie who has gotten some attention here, but I'm not ready to kind of go all in on that just yet without the pads on there. Let's see how these guys do when they can get actually physical. And it tends to be more the receivers and the defensive backs that you can, and quarterbacks really, that you can glean a little bit more from even without pads. And that's where somebody like Tyler Scott comes in, the rookie fourth round pick out of Cincinnati who we know has speed, acceleration, agility, and some of that fast twitch skill that can stand out when no one's in pads. You know, it's not about being physical. It's about being fast and outrunning guys and being more explosive and being able to create separation as a result. We've seen him go back and forth with Stevenson and some other guys. Sometimes they get the best of him. Sometimes he's able to kind of shake free at the very end and, and create some space. And he's also been standing out in the return game, working on some punt return stuff with Dante Pettis, on the non-football injury list. But offensive coordinator Luke Getze said they've been very intentional about how they're trying to bring Tyler Scott along, especially as he transitions from a very different kind of offense in college to what the Bears are asking him to do here. Scott seems to have a pretty good day out there today. What's been your impression of him since he's got here? And if he's able to continue to stack days, kind of like he seemed to have today, what's, how high can he go up the depth chart? It seems like there's some bets in front of him, but how high could he potentially go up if he continues to stack days? Yeah, I, I, I haven't uh, put my mind to wait where he can go, but I'm excited about where he can go. I, I, I really have uh, – I I think he's come in with the right mentality. He, he's a he's a tough dude that works really hard. And when, when you have talent and you have those two things, like really good things are going to happen. And so I think he's a guy who's putting that on display. Uh, it's super early, like we just said. Uh, and we haven't asked him to do too much. We're trying to keep it keep it in his uh, wheelhouse. But he's attacking it every day the right way. And we got the same thing. If he's able to get better every single day, we're going to be better because of it. So we hope that that happens. What's his wheelhouse? Well, when you have uh, – when you come from a, a college schemes that don't do very much and don't move very much, we move a ton. And so you can see it like today. He, he probably had three or four alignments that were really off. But, like, in his, in his mind, he was perfect because the spacing on the field. And when you motion or you shift, you're going to the boundary, you're going to the field. There's specific landmarks we want to get to. And so we're trying not to do too much of that with him so that he can play fast. 
I think it's the right approach to kind of take it slow with Tyler Scott. One, because you saw last year with, with Kyler Gordon, right? Not not a one-to-one comparison at all, cornerback versus wide receiver, but they put a lot on Kyler Gordon's plate, and it was a lot for him, and he struggled a little bit, and I don't think anyone has said it was too much, but the implication is sort of like, hey, they dialed it down this year, and everything is clicking a lot better for him. So maybe with a guy like Tyler Scott, better to start a little bit slower and not just like load everything on and see what he can handle, but like slowly build up from there. Because the other aspect of this is that, you know, with Kyler Gordon last season, they needed him to be a starter. And it was kind of out of necessity. They said, hey, go out there and do everything because we we need you to. And with Tyler Scott, it's like, hey, we got DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, for sure, ahead of you on the depth chart, if not also, you know, Bayless Jones, Equinemius St. Brown, etc., no need to try and make Tyler Scott into an all-around, do-everything wide receiver. Why not take things a little bit slow, keep things in his wheelhouse, get him comfortable with some things, and then slowly add on more as he gets comfortable with more and more and more so that he can grow slowly over time, but still be able to make an impact in the areas where he's most comfortable. You know, working after the catch on screen passes, trying to work vertically downfield, and as well, getting more involved in the return game where he's been a bit of a standout there too. Like, I, I think it's important to keep in mind the the level of complicated responsibilities that come in a Luke Getze offense here. We saw Chase Claypool struggle to adjust to it last year after three seasons in the NFL. Tyler Scott never played in the NFL. We've seen, you know, famously Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay was growing frustrated with with Matt LaFleur in the offense with, as Getze was talking about there, like the alignments, the pre-snap motions and the shift to get to landmarks and up in Green Bay, like Rodgers was frustrated with all the pre-snap motion, wanted to cut that out so he could get to the line of scrimmage, read the defense, and go. But when you have all those different alignments, shifts, adjustments on each play, it's a lot for the wide receiver to have to remember in addition to the quarterback. So for a rookie to come in and have to adjust from a much more simple offense at Cincinnati, not as robust of a full route tree, not asked to do as many different things, to come to Chicago learn the slot a bit more, learn a lot more different responsibilities and tags on each play in a more complicated offense that has a lot more to memorize probably makes a lot more sense than to bring things along slow. Because then we've seen now highlights of him at training camp and clips, and you can see it for yourself at practice, like when they do stick to his wheelhouse on some of these moves, like he had a nice whip route play against Terrell Smith where you know Smith jammed him really, really physically at the line of scrimmage, but kind of at the end of his route, shook free and then created separation for the quarterback to deliver the ball in with some real space at the very end where like Smith was getting the better of him at first, but he recovered, used his speed and was able to really kind of thrive in that area. Like that's the kind of stuff that is that positive growth from Tyler Scott that you hope can, can, can build up into a complimentary role in this offense for this year and maybe something bigger and better in 2024 and beyond as he adds to what's currently in his wheelhouse. So I'm excited to see what Tyler Scott is going to do. And I'm excited to see the pads come on for the Bears later this week at training camp so we can dive in a little bit more into what we're seeing from the offensive and especially the defensive lines, the pass rush, trying to get a sense of how these young guys on that line can try and play better than they've played before and give the Bears a real pass rush or if the, a free agent indeed does need to be brought in. You can be sure we'll break down any and all training camp updates for you right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. One more quick reminder about our new program here, Subtext. 
it's a subscription service. It's a texting service. You join with us. And what we do is I can, you, first of all, you get access to me. You can text me, text the podcast. I, it goes directly to me. I can respond directly to you. Plus, we're going to have exclusive content. We've got, I've got a, the full Chicago Bears season of all 22 games, full games, in a Google Drive that you'll get exclusive access to for only subtext members. We're going to do video breakdowns of all 22 film. Again, exclusively only for subtext members. Won't be on YouTube. It'll be privately listed. Uh, we'll do Q&A for subtext members, access to advanced data and analytics that we pull for the show and research and background news updates and so much more. The website is joinsubtext.com slash locked on bears. So looking forward to getting things rolling with that special subtext group. Those really for like our hardcore everydayers that can't get enough of our Chicago Bears content. Some really great stuff in the pipeline for you there over at subtext. But of course, the podcast will always remain free and available on all platforms. All you got to do is hit that subscribe button and it's delivered to your feed each and every day. And of course, you're always going to get another opportunity no matter what to bear down.